Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. church as long as we have and, and we appreciate all of you so very very much I'm thankful for that you've uh, enjoyed with us the seasons we got it right and uh, that you've endured with us the seasons we didn't get it right and uh, together we will make a whole and uh, be complete in one another and uh, it's a wonderful time of the year and a wonderful uh, spirit here today and my goodness have our singers and musicians just brought us to the throne in first class fashion. Can we give them a hand? Thank you, guys. Thank you. Amen. They were practicing on their own time while the rest of us were doing our own thing. And I want to say thank you to them. And I want to say thank you to their families for sharing them with us. Amen. We're happy to have all of you here this morning. We're happy to have Trevor with us today, guest of the Royals. And and uh, could you just handle a little more words today? Amen. Let's go to the Bible. Amen. That's a great place to start. Let's go to the Word of the Lord. There um, is perhaps some anticipation in the hearts of, I would say children, but not children alone, because in all of us there's still a child. So there's probably a little bit of anticipation today in the hearts of many people about what you're, what kind of present you're going to get. And maybe... Uh, that thing that you've been hinting about over and over and over, somebody around you has picked up on those less than subtle hints, and that may be exactly what you have coming your way. But I will tell you today, the greatest present that we could ever get, the greatest thing we could ever receive, Brother Chris Osborne did a wonderful job talking about it this morning, and that is his presence. Amen. His presence is the greatest presence that we could ever, ever receive in our life. I'm going to ask you to join me in Isaiah 9 and 6, and uh, it's a familiar spot to some. And uh, I just ask the Lord to be with us here today, and I know that He certainly will. I, I pray that the hand of God will touch His Word. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6, the Bible says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Amen. I want to talk today about his presence. His presence. He came from heaven to earth to show the way. From the earth to the cross, my debt to pay. And from the cross to the sky. I lift your name on high. I'm thankful 
that we have the Spirit of God in us, in us, in us. Praise the Lord. If you will give me about an hour and a half, you'll be delighted to know I'm going to need half of that. Amen. And so you can be seated in the name of the Lord. You're going to get a good deal here today. Amen. We know that Isaiah 9 and 6 was more than a mere utterance from a man. But this was certainly a prophetic utterance from a man of God. As a matter of fact, this truth is testified and recorded in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. And it's a beautiful story. One that we have been familiar with for a long time. And perhaps we have read a little bit of the Christmas story and the birth of the Lord. The story of the day that that God himself robed himself in flesh and walked among mankind. He was born, grew to be a man. We know many miracles were uh, a part of his adult life and ministry. And then we do know that ultimately he voluntarily went to a cross, a Roman cross, and died one of the cruelest deaths that a man could die. But it was here that he paid the ultimate price for our sin, the ultimate price. And so I understand while it would be uh, probably more politically correct and probably a little more palatable if we just talked about the birth of Jesus today. But I can tell you that if the birth was all there was, then it would be an incomplete circuit. And that would just be part of the story and it would be woefully incomplete. But I'm thankful that on the third day, as prophesied, and as he said, as Jonah was, so will I. And on the third day, he rose from the dead. And the Bible says in the passages of Scripture that give us the announcement of his birth, that it is Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. I I don't know of a greater promise in all of the Scripture than to just dwell on that very moment, Emmanuel, God with us. There are times in all of our lives, and I don't want to stray too far, but there are times in all of our lives that we have felt immeasurable loneliness. When we felt like we didn't have a friend in the world, we know better, but we didn't feel like we had a friend in the world we can hold on to the fact that Emmanuel, God with us. I have God, if everybody else walks away, if everybody else abandons me, I have the Lord. I have the Lord with us. Amen. This is the most, I believe, essential message that we could share in this hour. A couple of chapters before Isaiah 9, we find Isaiah 7. The Bible says in seven fourteen, Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. And here's that sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. I think there's something very significant that we should understand as we kind of pause here for just a moment. That when Jesus was born in a manger, amen, we have to realize that the elect of God, God's people, had not heard from God in around 400 years. There have been 400 years of silence, the time between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Not a single prophet spoke, not a single miracle was performed, and not one angelic appearance that we know anything about. Just 400 years or so of deafening silence from heaven. And I'll tell you that there's nothing louder than the silence of heaven. 
Amen. Just write that down. There is nothing louder than the silence of heaven. Amen. When you kneel and it just seems that heaven is a million, million, million miles away and heaven was silent. But then God shook the world. Amen. He shook the world with the fulfillment of the prophecies of Isaiah and others. Amen. Paul addressed this later when he was speaking to the church of Galatia. When he said in in Galatians 4 and 4, he says, But when the fullness of time, when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. And so when the fullness of time, when when it was time for the silence to be over, God began to speak. That forerunner John the Baptist began to prophesy and cast seed and hope ahead to say that there is one coming after me who is mightier than I. We're familiar with the nativity scenes, of course, that are prevalent during this time of the year. And among them, uh, we often see the three wise men present. And as a matter of fact, one of our songs included that this morning. Uh, in truth, we don't really know how many wise men were there, but tradition says there were three. And that's due in part because there were three gifts that were brought, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And uh, so lest we get bogged down in those things, I think what is important to understand is what we do know. And we do know that the first Christmas gift was not really a gift to a child, but it was the gift of a child. <laughs> He meant it wasn't what we could bring to the Lord, but it was that the Lord came to us. That was the greatest gift of all. And the Bible even calls the Holy Ghost a gift. And so we've asked in the last few services, I've noticed not just myself, but others have alluded to the question of, do you remember where you were when you received the gift of the Holy Ghost? Amen. I remember exactly where I was. I'm sure you remember exactly probably many, many details surrounding that moment because that was the greatest present that we ever received, the greatest gift that we ever received in all of our life. Now, we've all received gifts that thrilled us. And we've all received gifts that disappointed us. <laughs> I remember when I was probably about eight or nine years old, I was looking at some real cool bikes in the store. And and uh, and my mom and dad, we had gone shopping and we were at Sears. And, and I remember walking around and, and back then uh, you could get little wide tires on the back of your bicycle and they would be slick tires on the back and, and uh, a banana seat. Is anybody here old enough to remember the banana? <laughs> The, the banana seat, you know, we're not far from the convalescent center. If you can remember, if you can remember the, ban- the banana seat, I'm just telling you that we're, it's, you're closer now than you've ever been before in your life. But th- th- these cool, uh, these cool and, and the little higher raised CC bar on the back, and man, I'm just thinking, you know, I just kept rubbing over that and, you know, casting as much hint as I could that way. And uh, and that particular year, and I say this with great deference to my mom and dad, but that particular year, they bought a bicycle much like the bicycle, the well-worn bicycle that I own today at the age of 56. Not quite what an eight-year-old had in mind. Wasn't no banana seat. Wasn't no wide, slick tire on the back. There wasn't no cool paint job. And I can remember thinking, I'm going to get beat up if I ride this, if I ride this by you know, all my other friends, you know, Christmas morning, they're riding all their cool bikes out and here, here I come. I look like I borrowed my grandmother's bike. And, uh, so we've all had gifts that, that pleased us. 
Brother Ruddy, I might have to have you come back and fix all of this. We've all had gifts that disappointed us, but I've never been disappointed with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It was something that meant so much to me. Amen. Never received a gift quite as important as that God manifested in flesh. In 2 Corinthians 9 and 15, Paul talks about this gift and he calls it unspeakable or indescribable. How could you, how could you really just go and, and, and explain it in full detail to the, to the point somebody could, that had not experienced it could really understand it. But in our text, Isaiah 9, is a description of what the multiple things really that God has given us. And so I want to consider these wonderful truths. And I want us to just take a little bit of time here this morning to smell the roses, so to speak. The Bible says, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The story of Jesus coming into the world is is not just the story of his birth. Now, that's a wonderful thing, but it's not just the story of a child being born, but it's a story about a gift. Amen. From an earthly perspective, it was the arrival of the Son of God. Unto us a child is born. From an earthly perspective, unto us a child is born. When we hear that phrase, we remember the scene of Bethlehem, and we remember that stable and the manger where he was laid. That's an earthly view. But from heaven's point of view, the Bible says, and a son was given. Sometimes we inaccurately think that when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, that this was in fact his entrance or the very first arrival on uh, into the world. But the scripture teaches us that he was God manifested in the flesh. Amen. This Jesus that was born in a manger, amen, in this stable was the great I Am of the Old Testament. This wasn't His first entrance into the world. He's the creator of the world because Jesus Christ was God. Since He was God, He was eternal. And so that's how and why Micah referred to Him as this. In Micah 5 and 2, But thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little... Among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is, to be ruler in Israel. Listen to this. Whose goings forth have been from old and from everlasting. This God that we're talking about, he didn't just show up in a stable. He wasn't just a child in swaddling clothes. Amen. But his goings have been, his goings forth have been from old and to everlasting. The, the English standard version of that says, who's coming forth is from old, from ancient days. C.H. Spurgeon, uh, he, he wrapped it up and somewhat summed it up like this. He said of God, He was infinite, yet an infant. He was eternal, yet born of a woman. He was supported a universe, and yet needed to be carried in His mother's arms. He was the King of angels, Yet the reputed son of Joseph, he was the heir of all things, and yet merely a carpenter's son. And what a beautiful description we have of Jesus himself. It can all be adequately summed up in Second Corinthians 8 and 9. The Bible says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. If I could say today that Jesus built a bridge. He connected heaven and earth. He 
built a span over sin and the failure and the debacle of mankind. Amen. By way of the cross, when he said, it is finished, never underestimate what happened in the temple. Amen. Never read past that veil being torn in twain, that veil being open, and just think that was just another event. That was a very powerful event because the gate of the bridge was open and you and I, common people, now had access to the power and the majesty and the glory of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for His presence today. Isaiah continues, and you will call His name Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Amen. And so when we stop and think about each one of these descriptive names, deal with an important area of our life. They're like five unique gifts, if we could say. Each one of them are, is specific. Each one of them is special. Every one of them unusual in their own right. The Bible says His name is Wonderful. The word wonderful comes from the root word wonder. Amen. When you consider, as we open this morning in our focus prayer, when we think about technology, uh, many of us here in this in this auditorium today have watched technology evolve in the last few decades in a mind numbing at a mind numbing pace when you when we think about where we were just a just a few years ago compared to where we are today i remember the very first computer that we ever bought as a church it came from radio shack it was made by tandy it had an 85 megabyte hard drive, and I had a somewhat um, an uncle that was somewhat computer savvy in those days, and he said he's just looking over my shoulder as we are setting all this up, and he and he shakes his head and he said, "You will never live long enough. <laughs> You'll never live long enough to fill up this hard drive." And uh, I'm not I'm not trying to speak above my pay grade today, but you probably have just a few pictures on your phone that would exceed <laughs> that would exceed how much the entire computer would hold. And so we have watched technology move forward at a mind numbing pace, and we ask ourselves at times, what next? What next? Some people in this in this auditorium uh, have phones now with face recognition, and so you don't have to put in a password. You just hold it up to your phone. Uh, you hold your phone up to your face, and 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 it opens right up. And 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 so we're kind of mesmerized by those things. We ask, what next? What will happen next? I I don't know what's going to happen next, but I promise you this: as long as time stands, there will be a next. Amen. The men who were who were trying to build to that to the heavens, they were on their way. Amen. The scripture says they would have accomplished this. They would have done it had God not stepped in. There will be a next. A few weeks ago, Amanda Gibson spoke about uh, when she was speaking. She she talked about purchasing a brand new computer. And when she turned it on, we've all been there, haven't we? And uh, it needed to be updated. Can you believe it? I mean, it's brand new, out of the package. You break the cellophane, you open it up, and there's an update pending. Because from the time they closed it up and sealed it up, amen, it was, it was needing to be updated. So no matter what you buy, it's already on its way out. Amen. You may be seated. <laughs> I'm not trying to be discouraged. What I'm just trying to tell you that this is where God comes in. 
Amen. There, in, in the presence of the Lord, there is a hope. Amen. He is, he is filled with wonder. He is filled with majesty. Amen. The Bible says, the Lord said, be still and know that I am God. And so while we may think and at some point perhaps man would run its course and man would run aground, God wants us to contemplate His wonder, His beauty, His majesty. Amen. David, I believe, seems to adequately capture the frailty of man. And perhaps to a measure we have all felt this. As we stood in the shadow of the Almighty. Or as we beheld the majesty of His creation. David said, when I consider thy heavens. In Acts 8. I mean, in, in Psalms 8 and 3, David said, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is in man, that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man, that thou shouldest visitest him. I think about the wonder of God, the beauty of God, the majesty of God. My Lord, I'm telling you, it's everywhere around us in creation. It is everywhere around us. We may take a vacation or a few days off or, and go to a part of the country that we don't, that we, that we're not accustomed to every little nook and cranny. And we just stand and look at the mountains. We stand and look at the ridges and we are taken by those things. Amen. And David said, you did this with your finger. When I think of what you have created with a finger, it makes me look around and say, what is man that thou art mindful of us? Hallelujah. When I think about the majesty of God, the beauty of God, the wonder of God, and to think that that God, amen, met me in prayer this morning and met you in prayer this morning, and to think that that God would make His way to right here in this holy house today and walk among us and dwell among us. Oh, the wonder of the Lord. Isaiah said He was a counselor. My, how many times we have needed that counselor because life is just filled with so many questions and so many issues that must be decided on. I know we joke about it sometimes, but have you ever stopped to consider how many decisions that you have already had to make since you woke up this morning until right now at 11.54? How many decisions? You see, we're so accustomed to it until we don't really think about it. And so this week, as I was preparing for today, I got to thinking about how many decisions. And you know, you can just Google anything. And so I Googled the average number of decisions that are made every day. You can do this. Please not now, but you can do this yourself. Amen. That answer came back from several different resources at a staggering number of 35,000 decisions that are made in an average day in the life of an individual person. Now, I, that, that does sound outlandish to me. I, I agree if, that, if, you, if you agree with that. Amen. But I think the point is true that it, it would... Certainly stagger us if we realize how many decisions that we have to make. Now before you just throw the 35,000 number aside, just think about how many decisions you make in a McDonald's drive through Case closed. <laughs> and so there, there are many decisions that we have to make in life. Many of them much more much more serious as to whether or not we're going to have a diet coke or not a diet coke or we go into some of the restaurants now and they they have you know just the machines with a screen on it you not just have a diet coke you can have it with all kind of flavors you can have it this way that way it's just staggering 
I'm, I'm starting to get, I'm convinced more now than I was the other day when I was reading that we may be making 35,000 decisions a day. We make decisions, trivial decisions. What are we going to wear? How are we going to do this? Which car are we going to drive? Decisions that would not affect really the outcome of the day. But we do make decisions that really do affect our future. Serious decisions. Things that we can't afford to have a knee-jerk reaction to. We need the hand of God. I need to seek Him. I need to be sincere when I say, Lord, if this is not your will, close the door. If this is not your will, muddy the water. If this is not your will, frustrate this process. Why? Because my future hinges on this. I may be doing something that would take me away from you. I'm going to tell you, I don't want anything to take me away from God. I wouldn't want to pray and then God answer my prayer and the very answer to that prayer be the thing that keeps me away from prayer or keeps me out of the house of God when it's time to be in church. Amen. I want to make decisions that are going to be healthy for my future. I've got to make decisions about ethics. I've got to make decisions about morals. We're called on all the time to do that. I need the hand of the Lord. I've got to make spiritual decisions. Decisions that are not just going to affect me, but they're going to affect my wife. They're going to affect my children. They're going to affect our future. And so I've got to make spiritual decisions that can all be overwhelming at times. And it is here that the Lord says, when you don't know where to turn, I want to be your counselor. I want to be more than just a God that met you in a revival meeting. I want to be more than just a spirit that you felt that made you better. I want to be more than your healer. I want to be more than your deliverer. But I will take you by the hand and I will navigate you through the pressures and the perils of life. I will take you to a place that will lend to spiritual help. Hallelujah. I'm your counselor. I will give you the right advice. Amen. And I can go to him. We can go to him in great faith because Jeremiah said of the Lord in Jeremiah 29 and 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me and go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And so the Lord said, I already know what I've got in mind for you. I already know what I'm thinking about. So when I go to God in prayer, I don't have to give him the last four or my social security number. I don't have to hold my driver's license up. I don't have to pull out my Sam's card so he can figure out who I am. But when I kneel down to him in prayer, he said, I know what I've been thinking about you. I know what I've got in mind. Hallelujah. You just call on me. You pray unto me. And I will hearken unto you. Thank you for a divine counselor. His counsel comes in many forms. He's given us His Word so that we might learn how to think, how, how, how that we might learn how to think and act biblically. Right. Amen. <laughs> because everything that we need to know about God and about life is found in the pages of this book, The Principles. Isaiah said, He's a mighty God. That takes care of a lot of demands of life. It really does. He wasn't just a good man. He was God. This mighty God wants to give us the power to live the life that we've been called of Him to live. Because He doesn't just call us and not equip us. He doesn't just call us and not empower us. But He'll give us the power to do it. And so when we consider the history of mankind, we 
have seen one discovery after another, one discovery after another. One of the first powers for men to harness was steam. And they, there was steam power, and that began to to power a lot of things, which if, whether that was a train or a tractor or an automobile in cases. But man progressed so much further beyond just steam until now we are even now harnessing nuclear power and all points in between. But yet in all of this harnessing power, one of the powers that man still struggles with is willpower. We've been able to harness this power, harness that power, and harness this power. But we still struggle with our willpower. And that's why we should call upon Him every day. Every day. Every day. Brother Mark Morgan at our prayer conference just a few weeks ago said, Every day that you go without praying is signifying to the Lord, I don't need you today. I don't need you today. But Deuteronomy 25 and 33 says, As your days, so shall your strength be. I want to call on him and say, Lord, I don't know what today holds. I have no idea what the phone rings. I don't have any idea what will be on the other end of that. I don't know what's around the next turn or the corner, but give me the strength that I need. Give us this day our daily bread. That has very little to do with eating. Give us this day our daily sustenance. Give me today what I'm going to need. Give me the wisdom I'm going to need. Give me the strength I'm going to need. Give me the words that I'm going to need. The Bible says that He is the everlasting Father. That pretty well takes care of the future. It reminds us that life on earth is but just a temporary journey. It's just a small, short journey. Amen. Because the body that we're in right now is wearing out as we very speak at this moment. Amen. However, I'm thankful that we have a heavenly Father above. Isaiah called him the Prince of Peace. Job said that man is born, man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. I'm not being negative here today, but I'm going to tell you that life comes prepackaged with a lot of trouble. Amen. Not just trouble for some, but trouble for all. But here is the Prince of Peace who helps us overcome the troubles of life. Amen. And then there is the world in general, or maybe I should say the world at large. There is so much violence around our world and when you tune into the news in whatever fashion you may do that, when you read it, the news all around the world, there's just trouble, trouble, everywhere, trouble. As a matter of fact, for us, our nation's finest men and women are overseas, many of them defending our liberties at this very moment in time. Why? Because there's trouble. Man is a few days and full of trouble. Yet in the midst of this turbulent world, we can experience peace. We can have the peace of God in our heart right now. The peace that the Bible says passes all understanding. However, before you can have the peace of God, we must first have peace with God. Amen. This holiday season, I'm sure, will mean different things to different people. But we need to remember this. That when it's all said and done... It's not about the presence or the gifts that you may receive, but it's about His presence in our heart. That's the greatest gift, the greatest gift. Emmanuel, God with us. The gift of Himself residing in our heart, giving us the peace that I've spoken of, giving us the eternal hope that I've spoken of. 
Jesus Christ was born. I'm going to ask you to stand. Our musicians, you can stay where you are. You've done an outstanding job today. Jesus was born. And that's what we as a nation are going to celebrate in just a couple of days. But in truth, it's really something we celebrate every day. The Bible says this, John 1 and 14. Many of you could quote it. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now often when we hear the phrase, the Word of God, the Word of God, we tend to think about the Bible. The Word of God. However, the word that John is speaking about is not the Bible. The word that John is speaking about was Jesus Christ. God became flesh. Flesh that could be seen with human eyes. Flesh that healed the sick, raised the dead. Flesh that broke the fishes and the loaves and passed them out. It was the same flesh that Thomas said, I want to touch it. However, the earlier followers didn't just see him with their eyes or hear them with their ears. They walked with him and they talked with him. Amen. This God I'm talking to you about today, to some of those early men, robed a towel around his waist and he bowed and washed their feet. Amen. They walked with Him. And it was through the death and the resurrection from the dead that we now have Him in our heart, not just with us, but in us. Amen. The greatest gift that we'll ever receive in this life is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I wouldn't want to be without it. Not one moment, not one moment would I want to be without it. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the Lord today? Amen. I wonder if we could just praise God. Amen. I wonder if we could just slip our hands heavenward. And if you will, think back to that moment in time. Perhaps when the Lord began to deal with your heart and stir you. And maybe He allowed your path to cross somebody else's path. He allowed, he allowed something to transpire in your life. He allowed you to meet someone that led you to Him that led you to a greater understanding of Him. Those were not arbitrary meetings, but those were ordered steps and divine guidances and directives of the Lord. Because He said, I know the thoughts that I have. I know what I think when I think about you. I know what I think about when I think about you. I'm thankful to know Him and the power of His might. I'm thankful to know Him and the power of His resurrection, the Spirit and the wonder of the Lord. Jesus, 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 what a wonder you are. What a wonder you are. Amen. I love you with all of my heart, and I trust that the Spirit of God will touch all of us. Amen. It just seems unbelievable at the risk of sounding cliche, but it truly does seem unbelievable that we are standing at the threshold, bidding farewell nearly to another year. But God, help us to be what we should be and all that we can be. Amen. And let the power of the Lord and the Holy Ghost strengthen us and touch us today.
Amen. Would you greet one another, greet our guests today? Let me say this before you dismiss. Out back in the courtyard, uh, there is there is a, a place that you can go if you'd like to take some pictures that has some holiday decorations there if you'd like to go. And we have some ushers that will help you help guide you there. Amen. Just come be with us. Amen. And, and uh, join together. Let's come on Wednesday night. Amen. Let's have a great time in the Lord. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386 935 2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.